0: Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Alex Nurney. Now, Alex runs a couple of blogs, Avocado and Create and Go. And what Alex has done with his blogs is basically build them up using social media traffic and organic traffic um, to a stage where they're doing some decent revenue. Um, his, uh, they kind of publish it on their website. I think their last published revenue was January, maybe $124,000 or so, um, super small team just working on these blogs and it's their content creation strategy, which has kind of got them there. So wanted to bring Alex onto the podcast because even though his business is blogs, actually there's loads of lessons in that, that we can all learn about how to improve the performance of our business blogs. So it's not just health and fitness, which is one of the uh, one of the categories that Alex plays in. There's implications and lessons here for whatever business that we're in. He talks about some of the more um, unusual businesses that can benefit from these sorts of strategies. I hope you find it really useful, get tons of value from it. You can go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash podcast to check out the show notes. If you're listening to this on audio, then don't forget also you can check out the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel to watch the video version of this. For those of you on video, you can check us out on your phones, on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts as well. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Alex, welcome to the show.
1: What's going on, Tim? How we doing, man?
0: I'm doing awesome, man. Right. So in this podcast, as you know, we go behind the scenes for a particular marketing channel campaign or strategy that you've used to grow your business. We'll find out what you did, how well it worked, and what you learned. Ready to lift the curtain? Let's do it, man. Cool. So- the, kimono. <laughs> the kimono indeed. So make sure you're wearing underwear. Though. Um, <laughs> firstly, what are avocado and create and go all about? And how do you guys make money?
1: So avocado is our health and wellness website. Um, that ended up turning more of like a weight loss website for women and create and go is the website that sort of teaches people what we did. So avocado was the beginning, brought that website up from nothing to making over 10 grand a month, you know, half a million monthly visitors. And then create and go was sort of a function of, Hey, we should teach people how to do this. And so that's why we started that.
0: So when you started out and you were deciding where to go with this, obviously health and weight loss is super competitive. Yeah. Why did you pick it Weren't you intimidated by the size of the competition?
1: You know, it's funny, man, it's like, uh, you, I, I encourage people when they start out to pick something they have like some sort of natural interest in and competition is more of a function of there's profitability there, you know, when, when something is competitive, there's a reason why that thing is competitive. And so it wasn't as much of um, we were worried about that. It was more like, hey, let's let's just start in something that we feel naturally inclined to talk about, because when we 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 run blogs, right, so we spend all our time. It's just a long conversation with your audience. And so if you don't have some sort of natural inclination to it, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a slog uh, to create that sort of content. Um, And what happened is it really was how it evolved was it started out very general and then we really listened and saw what our audience was responding to. And so we started to create more content centered around that. We paid very close attention to, hey, here's the number of visitors on this page, and here's the time that they're on this page. They're obviously interested in this particular type of content. Obviously we need to continue to create that type of content. So it was funny, man, at the beginning we started out, and we just threw up a couple of articles about yoga and didn't expect anything to come from it, but people love our take on yoga. And it was just like, it was very weird. But we just listened to our audience, man, we, we listened to where they were taking us.
0: That's super interesting. I want to ask you about how you kind of refined your your um, content creation strategy in a bit. But maybe yeah. take us back to, to the early days. So what were the traffic numbers in the first couple of months? Was it ever a stage where you're disheartened? And you thought this is never going to take off? Or were you successful right out the gate?
1: Absolutely. The disheartening, the, the dark night of the soul. <laughs> sort of uh, beginning of any project was really re- it was real so i mean at the beginning we started with trying to get google seo traffic which i think is you know a typical route um you know that everybody tries to take and uh we were unsuccessful and then we started to play around with facebook ads and we very unsuccessful with that as well um to be fair we you know we were just running gun we were just trying to figure it out on our own um but we were just getting hammered we, we we were not getting anywhere and then I was uh on I was part of this group a digital marketer um lab and uh it's where you know they share like content and stuff like that and strategies and somebody's talking about Pinterest and I was like Pinterest that a thing people use for like interior design like I really um but then they showed the numbers and they I think they were getting like 200,000 monthly visitors on Pinterest and I was like that's a lot. And so we started to play around with it. We started to mess around with Pinterest and, um, you know, after it must've felt like three or two or three months of just zero traffic. Um, we, we hopped on Pinterest and I'm not going to say they were immediate, but I am going to say like first two weeks we started to get some real visitors. Uh, you know, a couple weeks after that, some serious visitors. And then a couple months down the road, it was like a hundred thousand a month, you know, and that's, you know, for any business, you know, you know, how significant that amount of traffic can be. And it was also organic, too. It wasn't, um, wasn't paid. So it made a significant impact on us.
0: That's awesome. How are you monetizing the blog at this point?
1: At that time, we had no idea what we were doing, man. We were just, (laughs) just not well. (laughs) Easy, the easy answer. So we, we started out with, um, we started out where I think everybody should almost start. uh, If you're just like a small, like, Personal, like blogger, where it's like we're starting out with affiliate products Mm -hmm. um, and selling those. And, you know, those weren't really um, doing very well. Only over time did we start to realize, like, okay, we have to start creating our own products and start creating our own services and started putting those services into the right spots on the blog and the right email funnel system. So it it certainly took some time. And it was not it was ugly. At the beginning, it was not a it was not a smooth sailing. Like, oh, we have 1000s of visitors. Now we now we immediately get conversions. Now it took took a lot of time to figure that out.
0: So I guess the approach that you'll take is so if you're not mainly focusing on the affiliate side, and you're working on your own products, I guess the approach is pretty similar to any business that's using their blog to drive traffic for their products and services, right? Because they're your own things that you're selling.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And the uh, the best system that we found, especially for the,
0: you know, businesses who are
1: doing this, was that a good email marketing funnel, like is seems to be tops, like you can derive it directly to a product, especially if like what you sell is a physical product or something tangible. Yeah, that works. You can sell that pretty well without needing this whole email marketing back funnel behind it. But um, especially if you're if you're offering a digital product or a service where I have to build trust with you where I I need to establish some sort of a relationship, having that steady dose of seeing you in the inbox, and hey, what's up, I'm I'm still here, uh, really seems to matter for conversions.
0: That's interesting point that you make a lot of business blogs, they see quite low um, engagement with the rest of the site, because you might get a visitor who comes in for a particular piece of information, and they don't really have commercial intent in mind. And either the business is like, buy my product or go yeah. away. Yeah. And there's yeah, not there's really no... anything in between. So I guess by putting the email piece there, you've got a, a softer, s- softer kind of entry into the slippery slide, if you like.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. It's uh. Yeah, you don't want to uh, shock them immediately with like, hey, here's this free blog post on whatever dog treats or you know, something about dogs and then just like buy our expensive thing. It's you gotta ease them into it. I mean the best analogy is always dating. You know, it's like don't ask for marriage up front, you know, like you gotta you know, maybe go on a date first, you know? Like something casual.
0: The ones that say yes to marriage on the first date, you probably don't wanna marry anyone. You should run. You should run. So, all right, you've set up your first few posts and you found that the yoga stuff did well. You've started driving some traffic through Pinterest. Like, over the first, say, six months or so, I'm guessing you were figuring out a lot about your audience, what sort of stuff they liked, the sort of length of content that worked well. What were some of the lessons that you started picking up from looking at this data?
1: So, oh, some of the more interesting ones that I'm thinking of that come to mind are. Taking something that so yoga, for instance, this is just a good content marketing thing is we took something that was, you know, when you think of yoga, you probably think very like, oh, it's Zen, it's meditation, it's um a relaxed form of exercise. You know, I think most people in their minds kind of have yoga in that perception. But we took a very different strategy. We said, okay, here's this thing that we know that people are very interested in. Let's introduce a, a new sort of principle or concept of that and that concept was like here's how to you know get actual results or here's how to lose weight uh, burn more fat these sorts of things these sort of um, almost scientific mm. ways of doing things with something that's so zen and spiritual so that's why it was kind of our flavor on that content and that was really a big determining factor of bringing people in. Because we, we had taken something that we knew that people were already interested in, which is, you know, with the internet today, again, for a small business, you, you can look up keywords, you know pe- what people are searching for, you know, in general, what they want. You know, adding your own spice and your own flavor to that, that's, um, that, that was the content marketing strategy that really pulled us above and beyond our competition. Uh, just because it was a it was a new take. It was something that people hadn't seen before.
0: That's really interesting. And do you follow that through now? Are you always looking for a new take on the stuff that you're writing about?
1: Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes how avocado has ended up growing is it's able to, to rank for keywords that are pretty general in nature. Um. So it's not that but the thing about it is, is like, so we sell Um, you know, we sell a yoga product designed around specifically like losing weight and burning calories, right? So however, related the content you create is to the product that you're selling is going to be the higher the conversions are. You know, you and I were talking at the beginning of this thing about, you know, the bro Bible and me writing for this thing back in the day. And, you know, the, I remember when I was creating content back then, the closer related the content was to the ultimate product that i was selling the more sales i would have which is the metric that you're looking for so we created so for instance if i'm selling a yoga book on you know weight loss right the content i want to be creating is like you know the 10 scientific studies on yoga for weight loss or the uh the 10 health benefits of yoga um you know surprisingly like. Can lose weight, you know, yeah. whatever that is. As this closely related as that content is to the ultimate service that you're providing, the greater that conversion is going to be. And then also the less headaches, because if you're just driving general traffic to something, um, the conversion is much harder. Mm. Uh, you have to. It's it's a much more elegant process uh, to try to convince a general person who's just coming in off the street that they need your service. Mm. I, sure. I always like to think think about the content. Sorry to interrupt. The yeah. the content um, is in the moment, right? So like when we're searching for something, like we are in that moment or that, that person is typing in that thing, right? So in that moment, their mind is like very focused on how do I solve this particular problem in my life? And so like the closer you can get to solving that particular thing where they're focused on, that the greater that conversion becomes.
0: So you're entering the conversation already in their mind, rather than saying, here's the ultimate guide to yoga, by the way, did you know you can use yoga for weight loss by my book on this?
1: Exactly, exactly. You got it.
0: I want to ask about traffic. So Pinterest was a big driver back in the day. Is that still one of your main traffic sources? Like where does organic rank for you now?
1: Still one of our main traffic sources. Hmm. Um, it's still does an amazing job of providing an organic piece of traffic uh, to our website. Uh, because Pinterest is a jQuery search, um, it operates very similar to a, a Google or a YouTube where people will type in their problems and search things. And that's, what, that's where organic traffic comes from. Organic traffic comes from that you know, monthly reoccurring needs that people you know, come up with. So Pinterest still to this day, we're still getting over 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 visitors um, through our blogs, you know, just with that social media platform. A very interesting thing, though, is that, you know, we we teach actually a Pinterest marketing course. So we've, you know, helped people in all sorts of niches like solve that problem as well um, through Pinterest. It's been it's been a really great traffic tra- um, traffic source for us. We also use YouTube now and do Google traffic as well. Mm-hmm. Pinterest still seems to edge it out as number one, though.
0: So for the businesses listening, thinking, yeah, but they're health and weight loss, so they're gonna be Pinterest. It's not really relevant for me. What sort Good. of businesses have you seen? What are some of the most surprising businesses that you've seen getting decent traffic from Pinterest?
1: You know, um, the surprising traffic from Pinterest. You know, there's a legal blog <laughs> <laughs> that I know of. Uh, actually, one of our students who's done very, very well, um, where she talks about like. Um, the legal pages on your website. She's done very well with Pinterest and actually makes well into the 10 grand a month mark um on Pinterest. So another one's dudes. So we actually in health and wellness, uh we have uh one of my buddies, Rusty Moore. Um he's a he's a guy who's been fitness blogging forever. Um and he actually bought our Pinterest course. It was awesome because it was like somebody I'd followed forever and bought our course and it was just like, What? It's like it was mind blowing. (laughs) uh but he came in and and dude's like um he's over 50 you know he's a super cool guy um had this old blog but it's mainly targeted around guys um and he was hitting the same numbers that we were on a platform that is 80% women and you know he's hitting half a million monthly visitors and i feel like it had a lot to do with the fact that nobody was serving the guy market on pinterest mm. and so like all this traffic was coming in so you know some things are not going to be great on Pinterest, for sure. I don't want to I don't want to give that impression. You know, if you if you're serious, like tech review, like type of thing, like, I don't think it's gonna function that well. But you'd be surprised on what can what can get away with when you structure it correctly.
0: That's awesome. Obviously, Pinterest marketing is its own entire topic. But what are some of the things that you're doing differently today, than back in month three, when you're on the uh, the DM lab Facebook group?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest ones, I think it's a we is combination of marketing techniques. So like we use so with Pinterest, um, you know, everything evolves constantly. Cause it's, you know, it's like Facebook, you know. If you think you think about Facebook back in 2012, it was completely different, hmm. you know, medium to supply content. So Pinterest, same thing. Uh it just continues to evolve. Today, like things like smart loops where it, uh, continues to pin your content over time. Um, Pinterest is actually introducing video. Um, going to be introducing that a lot more heavily, uh, into their marketing and through Pinterest advertising, uh, which will be interesting because the Pinterest user base isn't very used to video. So Mm -hmm. it might provide a really great opportunity for those businesses out there who are video focused. Um, I think the combination of using different types of uh, traffic sources seems to have worked the best for us. So we drive people into Pinterest, into our articles. But inside of our articles are our YouTube videos, right? And so that creates us getting YouTube subscribers so then we can drive people in from YouTube uh, into the website as well. So it's just, I don't know, it's structuring your, your posts or your pages in a way that can kind of be optimized for, uh, we optimize for Pinterest, YouTube, and Google uh, and try to optimize our pages uh, to serve as a function of all of that.
0: Got it, got it. Um just a completely off-topic question that's nothing to do with my episode plan, but how do how do you decide where to focus on? Cuz Instagram feels like a big one for you as well and there's Twitter and Facebook like so many different things that you could be doing. How do right. you prioritize? We
1: prioritize based on money, man. Like <laughs> like when we we feel like a lot of people go down that Instagram route and um are not able to pull money from it. Like our our function, our, our, where people get the best content from us when they read our blog posts.
0: Hmm.
1: And so for Instagram for a long time, didn't have a good way to get off the platform and to read, you know, a blog post. So it was just like, eh, like I'm not gonna be able to convert those people. Hmm. You know, I'm not gonna be able to um, convert them as well as something like Pinterest, as well as like time, right? You're, anybody listening to this knows that like, there's just a certain amount of hours in the day. Like Mm. you can't tweet and Snapchat and Instagram. I'm just, I was never a believer in the idea of like kind of the being everywhere sort of marketing. I I think you would serve, be served a lot better to focus on where your person is and to dominate that platform.
0: Mm.
1: That's what we did with Pinterest. We understood like, that's where our user is. Let's go all in on that thing. Um, Does that make sense? That that's,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's um it's ruthlessly financial, which I think is is sensible.
1: Well, as people get people get so obsessed with the the oh like I need to be on Instagram cuz and they'll throw out some sort of reason like we we need, you know, like to to show off this or and it never it never comes back to a financial thing. And and I'm like, "Oh, you're running a business like <laughs> I feel like I feel like it should have some focus there. I don't know. It, that's just our thoughts on it.
0: So and, and, and I know, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for that. The the kind of Gary V mindset would be the opposite. He'd be like, well, you need to go into the app store. You need to download musically because it's trending and you need to get on musically and 10% chance it's going to be successful. But you've got to build an audience there. What if Instagram adds links to their posts like later on and you don't have an audience there, and you're left behind. But none right. of this worries you.
1: None of it. It's just like the Gary Vee, Gary, I love, I loved Gary V.'s ruthless mentality for beginners because they need to hear like, they need to hear you're fucking up. Like you need to work harder. Like they need that. They need that stuff. Uh, but I just, that be everywhere thing. It's like sucking at everything. You know, like I almost, you know, like you're just, you're shit at everything unless you have a giant marketing team like Gary Vee does. Yeah, You know, for a, uh, Especially for those of, you know, we talked about the individual overworked marketer for their company. Like Mm. you need to be ruthlessly selective on where you spend Mm. your time. You can't be everywhere running around tweeting Instagram, but you're just going to suck at everything. Mm. Like get good at that one thing that really matters for your audience. And I think that will serve you a lot better. At least it has for us.
0: So Gary Vee has just told everyone that they need to be posting eight pieces of content per day. And if they don't, they're a slug that's destined to fail. What's your take on it? How do you decide frequency?
1: So I, I think I posted one blog post last month. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I think with frequency, it depends on the platform you're going after. So Google, we know, like does enjoy a content frequency irregularity um, to them. But as well as Envy in every social media platform, you can look at YouTube's algorithm, you can look at Pinterest's algorithm even, like they like that regular frequent content. Uh, right now, though, we are shifting um, our brand into focusing, um, well, specifically Create and Go. We're focusing more on these deep dive posts, these like once a month, you know, very much like comprehensive uh, type post because I I just see that's where I feel like at least Google is moving towards mm. this sort of um, expertise model where like they want true blue experts yeah. like writing about the content so that's that's re- that's really where we're moving but, but combining that and supplementing that though with like things like today you know where I'm I'm out podcasting you know and and doing some outreach and things that that's sort of our content strategy at the moment.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think like, I remember the first few websites I was building, we could get them ranked super easy. If you wanted to rank for like plumber in Feltham, you just write a blog post called plumber in Feltham and it'd rank. Whereas today, it seems to be like you get, and if you wanted boiler repair in Feltham, you just did a separate blog post called that. Whereas today, it seems to be like, if you write these monster in-depth posts, they can actually rank for lots of different phrases around that topic. So Google seems yeah. to be a bit more switched on to that. So I think it makes a lot of sense. What about the length of these posts? Do you have word count limits that you're going for? Like how much do you look at the other posts that are ranking in the search and say, right, we're going to try and beat them on content?
1: For sure. So like, it's funny, I was just discussing this with another like blogger entrepreneur, who actually is blog, it's my blog's ass <laughs> at, at ranking for traffic, he destroys it. Um, getting like a million monthly visitors on Google in like a very competitive space. Uh, but he, uh, we talked about like, there's this move right now towards like, Hey, create like the longest content in the world, like 20,000 word articles. And I I feel like it's a short side. It will work now, but I feel like it's very similar to the plumber and Feldington, uh, thing where it's like, you know, that will work at that time, but I'm not sure it's going to work as an end game. Yeah. The end game for Google is to serve the reader. And the best, with the best possible piece of content. And that doesn't necessarily mean that like the longest form of content is going to be the best for them. So because of that, yeah, right now, longer content is gonna work, but I would supplement that with a um, a more practical strategy or, or, or just an understanding that, hey, that's gonna change. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's not always gonna be the case where this race to the bottom of an article where you're trying to like you know like write twenty thousand the next post to rank is going to be oh is it going to be a thirty thousand word article yeah like, yeah <laughs> it was time to read a thirty I don't want to read a novel like I want to get to the answer right so yeah. yeah
0: so what's how much do you look at competitors versus just doing what you think is right because what what you're basically saying is. Yes, real ultra long form is working now, but long term, it might not. But then the person who looks at what's ranking in the SERPs is like, Yeah, but I need to write 30,000. So (laughs) how concerned should they be with what's there now versus where you kind of think things are going? I think I'd
1: give it 5050. I I, I pay attention, obviously, to the results in front of your face, you know, like, we are writing, you know, we are taking action right now, we're writing 2000 4000 5000 word posts right now um and will be for both websites. But the uh yeah, I think just having that awareness that hey, this is gonna change one day. Yeah. This isn't gonna be the ultimate solution is where your brain needs to be at. Obviously though, like, I don't know, like when you're starting out or when you're providing your your team results or your small business and, and those those wins matter. Mm. So like, yeah, I I would pay attention to what everybody's doing now, just have that understanding as a marketer. Yeah. And you can explain it to your boss or, you know, anybody else and just be like, Hey, you know, this isn't always going to work like this, but let's do this for now as it works.
0: Yeah, make hay while the sun shines. That's all we can do in SEO. I like that. I like that. Any examples? I want to ask about successes and failures. Um, Any examples of channels or strategies which you thought were going to be this is going to be amazing. We're going to smash it out of the park with this super optimistic for, but it ended up being a complete waste of time. My God feels like Are you just trawling through. Cause there's just so much.
1: Yeah. Well, the Rolodex, like, so your brain like blocks out all those failures. It's like, no, no that didn't happen. Don't, don't think about that. One of our, one of our first ones was like, we did start another blog before our successful one that bombed. Mm. Um, The reason being, though, was that we were so focused. We were very centric focused, where we focused on ourselves and not serving our target audience. It's actually even a good marketing lesson for like just businesses is that there's this temptation to like talk about yourself a lot and the customer doesn't give a fuck about you, dude. They care about like solving their problem, you Mm -hmm. know, like they care about that need that they're there to solve Um, and they might be somewhat interested in you but like you know with most like um business homepages and stuff like that it's very like we're awesome here's why we're all instead of like here's the problem that we're solving today yeah. you know for for that end user uh so the the that was the failure the failure was the total that entire website we created called health and happy hour the whole idea was like hey you know we like to be healthy and we also like to get drunk and brunch and let's combine the two and it was very just like us centered and us focused and that's why it failed um the creation of avocado was like really how do we create this content uh for this type of person Mm. and that and that was the difference we tried all sorts of things man like i think for traffic we tried like stumble upon like there's oh yeah there's yeah you ever heard about that they're like yeah you just throw an article on there like we tried all sorts of just goofy things that just <laughs> that bombed at the end of the day. But we, we've always had a very like, throw a bunch of shit up on the wall and see what sticks yeah. mentality.
0: So how long do you give something because obviously, you didn't see much in the early days of the blog, but you stuck at it. So how, how do you decide if it's a stumble upon or if it's a Pinterest? That's a good question. I'm full of them.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> have you done this before is this your first time is my first interview yeah amazing amazing you you might go places with this man
0: um i i, I, I watch a lot like, of gary Vee, So,
1: <laughs> hold on i gotta snap at this story what up <laughs> um stun on gary Vee a little bit today i i think like i think you know man i i don't know like with You know what happened is like we started that blog that was failing and we started another one, you know, at the same time. And we kept that one going for a little while. And the comparison of the two was very much the indicator. So that's what I would say. I'd say something like if you're on Twitter and you're on Facebook and you're on YouTube and you're getting all this great feedback from YouTube, like pay attention to that and go Mm. with that. You know, like your audience will dictate to you, hey, this is what I like. Stop talking about this. And we were just, we we're just very aware of like, you know, we created this blog post on avocado. We still talk about like the 11 purple foods that are healthy. And it's the most embarrassing article I think I've ever <laughs> written. <laughs> it's just like radishes and whatever. And it's just all these purple foods. And like, you know, our audience is like, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> and like, but like, you know, then we created the yoga content. We created something else. And yeah. people were like, Hey, like this is something we actually care about because we're on the page we're interacting with the page we're commenting on the page so create more of that i think the same goes for any platform or social media i would do a comparison model like you know start something else that's similar or different and see what feels better or what's getting more traction
0: yeah i love that that's such good advice so on the flip side of that, is there anything that you did, which you really didn't hold out much hope for, but maybe you just saw it in a Gary V video and you're like, Hey, let's do it. And it ended up being amazing.
1: YouTube, YouTube really? was like one of those ones where my first YouTube video, man, I look, <laughs> man, it's like, I'm wearing, I'm in, I'm in Nicaragua. I have my beard is like unkempt. I have super long hair. I'm wearing some hat and I just look like just a piece of a piece of crap. <laughs> And uh, and that video today is still like our number one like YouTube video that's had hundreds of thousands of views. Wow! Um, I just man, it was one of those things where I was like, hey, you know, like to connect with our audience, like maybe hopping on a YouTube video, not taking it that seriously, and like you know, just recording some information for our audience. Maybe that would maybe that would work. Mm. And you know, like that that video alone has just had huge responses, as well as like that channel. Just in general, I didn't expect it to be like that. I thought it could be a great supplemental mm. form of uh, of content. But again, like just paying attention to what people were talking about, every single purchaser I feel like I talked to on my website is like, yeah, I binge watched your YouTube videos.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, interesting, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's but, cool.
1: Don't go, don't go watch that first video though. Like, so...
0: <laughs> we'll link it in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, so... <laughs> appreciate that, Tim. Appreciate. <laughs> Alright, I've got three quick fire questions to finish then. So, first up, if you could pick only one way of driving traffic to your blog, what would it be? Pinterest. I kind of knew that answer. If you yeah. absolutely had to 10x, let's go for create and go. If you absolutely had to 10x course sales in the next year, but you had unlimited marketing budget, what's the first thing that comes to mind that you'd do?
1: Facebook ads to webinar.
0: Right. Interesting. And Which how I don't do you don't do at all? No. Oh,
1: well, it's, it's a, it's a difficult market, but if you, yeah, if I had to 10 X everything, like right now, it would be the next, the next step forward.
0: Final question. Then if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice on day one, what would it be? Keep going. You're going <laughs> to make it. Do you know what? That it would be such reassuring advice on day one. <sighs> wouldn't it?
1: Could you imagine? Like, cause that's the hardest part. Yeah. Cause you just feel like, you feel like an idiot you're just on there typing away you go to like your family like reunions they're like oh what are you doing you're like some stuff on the internet <laughs> like oh cool like you know and you just you feel like crap you just for a while yeah you're just in a struggle and just having somebody to be like it's gonna be okay you're gonna make it yeah would have made a huge difference you know
0: Dude, this is awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. And uh, where can people find out more about you? Check out the blogs and of course, buy your sick courses.
1: Yeah, create and go.com, man. That's the that's the place where we're at. We uh we've written some pretty epic posts there. Like, for those of you who are interested in starting a blog, we have like this how to start a blog post. It's it's one of those epic long content form pieces that we talked about. Uh, we have a whole thing on how to make money blogging really details our journey and our story and everything that happened And it. You got any interest you know we'd we'd love to have you on board um yeah that's that's gonna be about it go check us out
0: awesome thanks so much buddy we'll uh, we'll link up create and go in the show notes thanks everyone for tuning in
1: appreciate you homie